Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Hit Points. Now, before we get started, we just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to us so far. And if you like what you're listening to, please feel free to give us a review of our podcast and a rating. We'd really appreciate it. Share it with your friends. We're also in the Zeitgeist Discord. So if you'd like to talk to us or talk about anything Hit Points, feel free to jump into that Discord. We'd love to see you there. And without further ado, let's go ahead and refill our hit points. What is up, everyone? One of your favorite hosts, Emily Rose Jacobson here, <laughs> one of your three favorite hosts. Uh, joining me as well, as always, is Naeem Stewart. Hey, what's and up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, our cheery ray of sunshine, Matt Acevedo, unfortunately cannot join us tonight. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm here. Whoa, I'm here, guys. Matt, I'm here to party. I'm talking about video games. I'm so excited about video games. Where'd you oh, come from, Matt? Wow. I came from Disney Plus. I came right out of your television. <laughs> now, you may, now you, some of you may be fooled by that by that vocal mimicry. Tight, 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 tight. See there? I can't even tell the difference. But nope. Matthew, unfortunately, is busy. Matthew, what is he, your son? He's my brother. <laughs> I have a brother named Matthew. Uh, Matt is unfortunately busy tonight. He sends you his well wishes and his video game love. Besitos. Please, please play video games for him this week, please. Uh, and instead, joining us tonight is the one and only, the one and only Adam Flavik. You have one job on this podcast tonight. <laughs> I'm Hi. Doing, hi. You're great. You crushed that intro, though. Oh, yeah. That was great. You did. Thanks. Considering you didn't even rehearse it, you just went for it. That was pretty good. It's hey, great. I am, y'all, I am an improviser. <laughs> I, am, I am professional. <laughs> I am. I am pro. I am pro. Yeah, that's why it says impro. Uh, I'm pro. Guys, I'm so excited to be on a video game podcast uh, <laughs> talking about Star Wars. Um because that's probably like the only <laughs> series that I've consistently played video games it's perfect. with. Yeah. Perfect. On. So yeah, we wanted to bring. Uh, we were just talking about tonight's episode, and yeah. of course, Adam lives here. We record at Hyper RPG. Yeah. Adam, of course, lives upstairs of the studio. So we said, "Hey, you like Star Wars, and you like video games. You've played somewhere, we guess. <laughs> Please You've come on a and talk to before. us." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, but before we jump into that, let's talk about what we have been playing this week. Naeem, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I went back and played Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Oh, nice. And I introduced Tanea to, pl- to play with me, and it was very interesting, because, uh, we were at the, have you beaten it, by the way, or? No, uh, I just got to the part where they had the very dramatic reveal of Daredevil. Okay, so they make da- that that Daredevil character intro yeah. is very long and very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> someone at that game, someone developing that game was like, mm, "We're gonna give Daredevil the best intro." <laughs> yeah, I think that was like chapter two or it three. It cracks me up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we are much further ahead. So I don't want to spoil it for you, but we were dealing with a boss battle mm-hmm. of a certain famous villain that you will eventually get to. But uh, it was very interesting playing with her because she's very uh, like when she gets into it, she gets into it, and I'm like, all right, you can calm down a bit. <laughs> but it's, it was very funny just to watch, and we eventually beat the boss together. But it was just fun playing with her. So, uh, uh, yeah, that was pretty much what I was playing this week. Uh, other than that, jumped onto Outer Worlds, got a little bit further. I think I unlocked Sam, or about to unlock Sam. Oh, but uh, yeah, uh, and also. 
that yeah, that's pretty much it. What I played, so yeah. We need to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. It's fun. I have it, and we can we can do it multiplayer. It's very easy to get into. I have so many Switch games that <laughs> that have multiplayer <laughs> capabilities that we just need to play. <laughs> have a switch um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's right here um yeah so what i've been playing is it was skyrim's mm. 11th birthday this week or er, yes yeah. was it dragon age 2 or that is that coming up dragon age is coming up okay. dragon age is going to be december 4th yeah. which they're calling d4 day so december yeah. 4th okay uh where we're going to get apparently a bunch of information about dragon age 4 uh-huh. crossing my fingers real big for that that's going to be and I'm i wouldn't nervous. be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if after that announcement we actually do get a game trailer for dragon age for at the game awards since last year's game awards game awards they dropped so many trailers yeah. like that's when we were first told about the outer worlds yeah. that's when we first got confirmation that psychonauts 2 was originally going to come out this year until it got pushed again um so yeah i would not and also we got conf- confirmation of marvel ultimate alliance 3 yes. coming to the switch at that at, at the game awards so i would not be surprised if we get a bunch of information uh but that was also actually last year too was when we had the dragon age teaser that weird, bizarre teaser that oh hinted yeah. at something that might have been a mobile game. Essentially, the continuation of the DLC of Dragon Age 3. That was at the Game Awards. I forgot about Nothing's that. Nothing's come of that yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if they use that to launch another yeah. trailer. I'm still nervous about Dragon Age. But I've been playing Skyrim. Because well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's its birthday, and I love that game. And I've also, I also dived back into Fire Emblem Three Houses because of the DLC. Uh, you're right, ladies and gentlemen. Did Emily predict the sauna DLC and talk about <laughs> it on this podcast? You're darn right she did. And it happens. So this DLC that came out for uh, Fire Emblem has uh, servants' outfits, which is basically your standard maid and butler outfits, mm. good for any uh, Japanese RPG game. We also get an assortment of winter and summer outfits for characters as well. And the sauna was introduced, which is, has a, like a bigger game function so wait, than I the thought. S- yeah, what's the sauna about? So the sauna, basically, it's a mini game where you go into it. You can go in with another character. Uh-huh. You're both sitting in your athletic gear in the sauna. You're not going to get, mm this is a school. So we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're sitting in the sauna with your your chosen kind of character, and essentially, while you're in the sauna, depending on how long you last in the sauna, it will build up your kind of physical stats. And depending on who you're with, if you both kind of max at the right, you have to like line. So basically, you have this slow meter that slowly grows depending on if you add steam or if you just stay in the room. Okay. And your goal is to make sure that the green meter reaches the black bar and it doesn't go over. Because if it goes into the red, then you overheat in the sauna and you lose all stats that you've gained. So it's basically you're playing a waiting game of trying to like m- just uh, measure last, up in that me- sauna. last in the sauna and let your, let your bar get to its goal. Because if you get under, you don't get as many points. If you go over, you you heat out or you yeah. overheat and you're out. But if you line it up, not only do you achieve like those max physical stats, yeah. kind of a physical boost, your relationship with that character that you were in the sauna with also improves. It improves your bond improves. So it's a much more complex uh, feature than I thought it was going to be. Do they have multiple difficulties for that, like to ramp it up and to get more boost? Multiple difficulties of the Sonic game? I don't think so, oh no. Okay. You just It just depends on what, I think, what uh, what spendable teacher points you have that day, too. That okay. actually is a factor in it, too. Okay. So, that was really fun. I've been playing that, and of course, I dove again into Stardew Valley since we <laughs> talked about it as, like, our our chill, our chill, like, kind of November games. Yeah. Like, your chill fall game. So, that's what I have been playing. 
And I'm still going to, I'm going to finish The Outer Worlds. I just know I'm so close to the end. I can't finish it because I don't want it to end. You time. I know. Star Wars is coming out. Pokemon is coming oh out. Oh, gosh. So, what yeah. am I going to play these games? <laughs> what have you been playing, Adam? Um, <coughs> let's see. We're uh, <laughs> two days into, no, this is day one. I guess it's been 24 hours since the debut of Disney Plus. You've been playing so I've been Disney playing Plus. <laughs> I've been playing Disney Plus and The Mandalorian on loop because uh, 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 it's, it's so good. Show. It's so good. So yeah, so I've been playing that. Um, I don't really, I haven't really, uh, ooh, I can't even remember the last time I played a video game. I think uh, it was probably Crash Team Racing. Crash Team Racing and yeah. then the Mario Kart game on your phone. Yeah, yeah, and We yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. that the last time We talked time about it the last here. time I was on the show, I yeah. I know, you're really busy, so <coughs> it's hard for you to like. Yeah, I mostly play on computers, but it has nothing to do with video games. It's all live streaming. <laughs> I'm, I'm so close jargon. to getting you a Switch. I'm really debating it. Oh, well, you know, okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, uh, I'm Probably going to be glued to the console starting Friday. We're going out of town. I know, but my brother has one. Great, oh. we're going to go hang out in his room and just play nonstop. <coughs> I mean, like, <laughs> this is why I like getting physical copies of games, because I can take it to other yeah. places. That's <laughs> that's what, that's, I mean, that's what I'm going to go to. I still need to pre-order them tonight, but I'm going to the same GameStop as Matt tomorrow night yeah. to pick up our copies of Pokemon and Last Order, and then you... Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order, sorry. I think I'm, I'm supposed to, yeah, I'm most likely going with you guys. You want to come with us? Yeah. yeah. I think my and I might pre-order our games what? after <laughs> what this episode. <laughs> what console are you getting it for? PS4. Okay, cool. Yeah, PS4. I don't have, yeah, we have the Xbox One here, but I don't have an Xbox One at home. I mean, I'm a PlayStation guy. <laughs> I'm a PlayStation person through and through, so much so that I almost bought this light-up light so today here's that were the PlayStation, like, the four different button uh-huh. icons, and it was a light-up maybe, light. Maybe we'll get into uh-huh. this later, and we can save this question for later. What happens when you buy this game and then you buy a PlayStation 5 next year? It's backwards compatible. Yeah. From what the I PS5 hear. Oh, is going is to yeah. be backwards compatible. Okay, we, cool. know, yeah. we know it's confirmed backwards compatible for the PS4. Yeah. The rumors are that it's going to be backwards compatible for discs spanning all the way back to the PS1. I highly doubt that. <sighs> you I know, highly super doubt expensive. that. You know what super makes me... Super expensive and who's preserving... How, how much are they banking on people preserving their discs? That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of frustrating for me because like I've been waiting for a system to do that for the longest time. Because I know I still have games from the PS1. And like if I could go back and play th- stuff like... <laughs> I heard my nose in it. Sorry, Adam's mad at me because I touched my microphone. Every that time that was that was a non-visible that's, that that's was a non-visible reaction. That's my tech brain going. Emily, stop touching the microphone. Um, Back to video games. If uh, if there's not if there has if there would have always been an opportunity for me opportunity for me to play stuff that I love from childhood, I think I would have been very conscious of like preserving my discs. But yeah, I like. I honestly don't know how many people have saved their discs since 1996 well, or 7. Do you play on... Because I think, I think the big thing is is that PlayStation is ultimately, especially on this next console, just going to massively expand their library. Because they have PS Now, yeah. which I have, that allows me to play PS3. Though. It's yeah. streaming. I know, it's streaming. Mm. But I feel like, I feel like especially if they already have... Especially when you have Xbox Game Pass, yeah. Stadia... All these big epic games, all these big streaming gaming, even uh, Origin is doing it now, mm-hmm. too. Origin just kind of came up to me when I was playing The Sims and was like, hey, do you want to subscribe to Advanced Origin where you get every single Sims <laughs> game? Uh, and I was like, don't tempt me, Origin. Uh, I can't dive into this hole. I mean, it's kind of the same thing like with movies, right? Like we have – oh, I should have fixed that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like the same thing with movies. You know, we just had 
so many movies this year alone getting brand new 4K restorations. Mm -hmm. Shining, Gremlins. Like, I have so many movies that I bought this year that have beautiful new 4K restorations. I don't understand why the video game industry also has not sort of, like, embraced that. It takes, I know a, lot it's a, of, it takes a lot of time. Right, but, like, you look at something like Crash Bandicoot, didn't that do really well? Yes, it, it did. It did, so much so that it inspired Spyro. Yep. Which, exactly. So it's like, don't tell me that if Sony were to announce, or whoever, I think it was or Activision. Spyro inspired, Spyro inspired Crash Bandicoot. No, yeah. no it's the other way around. No, it's other way. It's Crash I think Crash Bandicoot came out first. Spyro. Crash, and then Crash Team Racing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was um, my mind. Like, don't tell me that if they were to announce that they're going to remaster, to like, games like Tony Hawk Pro Skater or Twisted Metal, like, stuff that was People core, were asking for it. core essential PlayStation games for years, mm -hmm. that, that, like, people would not download them. It's tricky because it comes down to also what game some companies are still working together and what game yeah. companies still <laughs> exist. <laughs> Which ones still exist, yeah. That's the big thing. We're, like, because everyone's been clamoring for a Fallout, myself included. I won't <coughs> shut up about it. A Fallout New Vegas remaster because mm -hmm. it's a beautiful game. Yeah. Don't you give me that look, Naeem. I, I, I'm not, I, have a, I haven't said anything. So Naeem, Naeem is like secrets. the Kevin Feige of video <laughs> games, and he won't say anything. He, but he's re I respect him for that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you have companies like Obsidian and Bethesda. Yeah. We haven't seen that they are on. We don't know what the history of them, of yeah. the companies right yeah. now is. It does not seem like they are wanting to work together, uh, as Fallout 4 did not have Obsidian's help, and Obsidian did not use uh, Bethesda's this kind of – Obsidian did their own thing for the Outer Worlds – Back when they did uh, Fallout New Vegas, they <coughs> were using uh, Bethesda's uh, engine, and mm -hmm. Zenimax was there too. <laughs> yeah. I forget what Zenimax yeah, did. Yeah, see, like I'm I'm old. I'm gonna be 33. I know that there are a lot of people my age who game, you know, every single day. But like, how do you win someone like me over? And I would imagine you would want to. One, it was getting 4K playback on Blu-ray disc. Yeah. The fact that that took so long to come to the PlayStation is kind of sad because I only bought an Xbox One just to play my 4K Blu-rays. So now I can trash that or, you know, give it to someone who actually Aww. will play it. Well, I'll give it to someone who actually will I'll use the system. I'll play it. All right. I guess you'll inherit it. Um, well, there, were, there was rumors going out about the next P the PS5 being they're releasing multiple builds of it. So it'd be like oh, the base model, then cool. have the upgraded big model that mm -hmm. includes more stuff, and possibly the backwards compatible that they're. they're I see. About. So backwards so compatible may not be like the basic model. It might be something. I think like it may be the basic model, but they're also the option of just putting on a bigger model, more expensive That's model. That's cool. So and, yeah. and I'm okay with that. And yeah. back to your question, back to your statement about like remakes and stuff. It's tricky because we just had N7 Day mm. come and go, Mass Effect Day, <laughs> and mass people have been begging for a remastered Mass Effect trilogy for so, so long. Naeem, you cannot <laughs> give me this face again, and I just hit my mic. I N can't see. Naeem just gives faces, <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Anyways, you, we Naeem, have... Naeem, I'll take you out to a nice dinner. This, 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 <laughs> so you can learn the secrets. That's right. Uh, wine and dine him for the video game secrets. Uh, <laughs> but... We haven't seen that in a long time, and who knows the reason behind that, but we do know that under BioWare under EA has been super busy with it. The, uh, they did uh, Mass Effect. Oh BioWare gosh. needs something right now. They did. Oh, gosh, what was the se what was the sequel game? I'm blanking. It's, I'm thinking about our Andromeda? podcast. Andromeda? Andromeda. Yeah. They both yeah. start with A's. 
Gosh yeah. darn it. I was like, it's That's not true. it's not Adventum. <laughs> they did Andromeda, didn't do so well. Because yeah. their A and B teams were working on Anthem, a new property. Yeah. So it's it's also too, what teams do they have working on already games new development? And are they banking on the success of new releases versus nostalgia? So there's I feel like there's a lot of things at play. I think arguably every gamer wants to see remasters of their favorite games from when they were kids. I think there's not a shortage of people who want that. Mm. But I've been talking for so long. You're someone who actually works in a an innovative well, games company. Uh, I think the smartest thing they should do is re re-release the remasters for the original three. They gauge how many people want this uh, a, n- a new Mass Effect, which it's going to sell well. Ma- Mass Effect one through three sell millions of copies. So once they do that, then they could just build the hype off that and probably release a new, a new a game, maybe in the same Andromeda universe, but more better fleshed out in terms of its technical technical feats of fixing. It the play uh, the, it, the problem with Andromeda was was not the uh, they pretty much rushed it pretty much and th- they just need time to flesh it out and uh, fix it to make it work and be a better product than what they did with Andromeda. So if if they have more time, which EA doesn't really put more time into uh, their games because they do yearly releases of. Uh, previous products, they will probably release better content, but... uh, It's tricky, because it's a double-edged sword, because you had companies like Irrational Games close, because they basically said, we cannot produce. We are not... We we don't want to produce a AAA game every single year, because we don't have the manpower, and we don't have the will to, to do that. So that's why... They made they made a game I think within seven or ten years of each other, Bioshock yeah. and Bioshock Infinite, and yeah. that's when uh, my my good friend Ken uh, Ken Levine <laughs> Kevin Levine <laughs> Kevin Levine <laughs> uh, announced yeah he's like all right this is closing down I'm taking a few a few of us are going and we're starting a different gaming company. I'm fascinated in the process of remastering video games because like movies it's simple it's on a piece of film you rescan it. And <laughs> then you clean it up, <laughs> but like a video game, you it doesn't work like that. Like, there's a speak, Naeem. I can't. Or no black Panther two for you. <laughs> I can't. There's certain things I can't. Well, I, I would we like, don't but, talk about. But we're I'm not talking about. about yeah, we're talking. We're uh, not talking about specifics. Okay. We're not going to get you to talk about games. We just yeah. want to talk about the process. Because yeah, because not only is it it's controls, it's it's environments, it's it's a number of things. Yeah, if it's like, let's say it's AI. a game. Let's say it's a game from 1998. What do you do? Like, one, where do you find those assets? Two, what do you do with them once they're ingested Some back games, in the computer? Like the Grim Fandango remaster, mm-hmm. which is an amazing game. You can get on your Switch. I love it. Uh-huh. It's prime LucasArts uh, visual novel. Uh, they, I think they remade every single graphic from that game. They remade it. They yeah. updated it. And a lot of it is remaking. But what does update mean? Well, like, for example, the Crash Bandicoot games. Yeah. They had to redo all those assets. They couldn't just bring it in and put it in because some of those were too old of right. tech or they couldn't work together so they had to like rebuild them but what they did is such a good, uh, good job at is making exactly how it was in the original mm-hmm. uh, so it's going to take time to of course so rebuild those assets but is it like basically you're just remaking the game from scratch in a sense yeah it's some gotcha. I mean sometimes you don't sometimes you can reuse those assets and just polish up the graphics a right. bit just polish up the look it's, of it it's basically like you're taking a proxy and then rendering yeah. out with like New file, or like the higher end file. Yeah, yeah. So you could do it that way. That's mm. the quicker way, I believe. Sure. But you could also go with the Crash Bandicoot route, for example, is just rebuilding the whole thing from scratch and just. Yeah, fix and I'm sure that's yeah. very expensive. You yeah. have games yeah. like Bioshock, which didn't come out. They came out pretty recently, and they just had a big 
remaster come out mm-hmm. last year, which was all the games mm-hmm. on one disc. That also was really fun because I had director. You could go in each level, and if you found the specific reel, yeah. you could listen to the director's uh, oh, commentary. That. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's that. why they don't let you. Uh, <laughs> you can't stream that game on Twitch. It's locked. I didn't know that. Because of that content, which wow. it bum- I respect that, but it also bums me out because, like, let me – let me share Bioshock with the world. Mm. I love your game. Let me just share it and play it with people. Yeah. But enough about this. We've got news to talk about, ladies and jelly beans. The video game world, news is always coming in and going. Coming in hot. Coming in hot, <laughs> changing and flowing. It's coming in like speaking a Speaking of Disney Plus and speaking of actors yeah. and, and content, <laughs> we have an announcement from uh, the Hollywood world today. Uh, our Sully has apparently been cast in the Uncharted film that is taking 10 years to make. You're not wrong. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. It's probably more than that. Well, I so for those of you who don't know, I work at Hero Forge. One of my bosses is one of the old art directors at Naughty Dog. I actually talked oh, to really? him. Yeah, okay. Tegan. And he, I oh. talked to him. I talked to him about the Uncharted film. I was like, back when they announced Tom, or bounce, back when they first, they announced filming earlier this year. I said, oh, did you hear? They finally said that they're filming this thing. Yeah. Tom Holland was confirmed like two years ago. And Tegan just looked at me and was like, they, so many different, so many different production companies have bought the rights, lost the rights, bought the rights, given the rights away. He's like, this movie, this Uncharted air quotes movie has been in development for so long. He's like, none of the news phases me anymore because I, at the beginning, I would be like, oh, yeah, oh, they started, they stopped. Mm. Changed directors, they stopped. Uncharted is the uh, gambit of video game movies. It's it's going, well, I mean, we had, it, felt like, it felt like we were going <laughs> in a really good place, and then we lost our director earlier this year, too. Is it not Doug Liman anymore? Nope. No. Oh, man, it's too he bad. He left it. I know, I was super bummed, too. He so. was also supposed to do Gambit. <laughs> no. Uh-oh, he's at two for two. <laughs> so, yes, let us get to the chase. Mark Wahlberg has been confirmed as Sully. And the video game world. I can't see him as Sully at I all. I can't see him as that's Sully either. Wasn't Mark Wahlberg in the running for Nathan Drake well, a couple I years ago? He was a couple years ago, back when it was older Nathan Drake. I think it's really – here's the thing. Here's the thing about video game movies. It's kind of like anime movies. Actually, you know what? What's that movie with him and Rock, The Rock, back then when they were two Pain cops? Pain and Gain. Oh, oh. Um, oh, God. I'm thinking of one with Will Ferrell. And that's the other guys. Well, that one too. Well, that's the other guys. That other, I, I, he was wasn't he funny in that movie? He was funny. He's funny. Sully to me has a much more kind of wisecracking. Yeah, that's I'm true. gonna drink a scotch and smoke a cigar kind of feel. Yeah, that's not Mark, Mark Wahlberg's kind him. of like snippy and snappy. Yeah, Sully feels kind of much more like a. Hey, like yeah. I just showed up here, and I'm going to make things work. I don't know. It's two different energies to me. It's two different energies. I think you have the running list, actually. Yeah. You pulled it up. The so running list of the actors who were contending for this role, or who, who were being considered yeah, for Sully. Were, so the first one was uh, Chris Hensworth. Maybe. Uh, I could see it. God of Thunder. I, I could see him, Chris Hensworth. He's got uh, good comedy chops. Yeah. Chris Pine. Uh, I can actually see that more see that than well. Chris Hemsworth. Another franchise for a bunch <laughs> of damn Chris's. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Everyone uh, stop naming your children my God. Chris. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. All right. right. No, nope, a little <laughs> too Southern for Sully. A little too Southern for Sully. <laughs> and uh, Woody Harrelson, which I can see. I can see. see Woody Harrelson. Oh, we know. You forgot. You forgot. Uh, you forgot Breaking Bad. 
Oh, uh, uh, Brian Cranston. Uh, Brian Cranston. Cranston. He, was he was the choice. first one. He was the Brian Cranston, choice. my personal choice. That's up to me. Is he's a man? Yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is kind of a man boy. <laughs> Brian Cranston is like a man. Yeah. He's just, he's got that aged feel to him, and yeah. I know that this is a younger Sully, but even if you play the Uncharted, if you play this the segment that this is based off of, which mm. is going to be taking place after the young Nathan Drake segment from Uncharted Three. Yep. He's still this kind of, uh, I'm going to roll up with some scotch and womanize some women. Has this kind of Tom Selleck-y vibe. Yeah. So you're essentially like, he's got a Tom Selleck, like I said, Tom Selleck-y vibe. Uh, and yeah, I just, I love me some Brian Cranston. Okay, I so don't see Mark Wahlberg doing that. I have very limited experience with the Uncharted series, but mm-hmm. everything that you just described, I'm like, is they, are they just making the young Indiana Jones Chronicles into a video game? <laughs> Basically, you basically have... Because you were saying Indy 3 or uh, Uncharted 3, and I'm like, yeah, that's when River Phoenix shows up as young Indy. Yep. Well, so this is so in Uncharted 3, you played a level as you played as, I think, like 13-year-old yeah, Nathan you were Drake. about 13 years So this is going to be like 18-year-old Nathan Drake, mm. played by Tom Holland. Sure. Great choice. Yeah. I think that's real fun. Yeah. Uh, and then so Sully is going to be in about Wait, is his... is this before he meets, uh, what's her name, uh, his eventual wife? Uh, in the game. Yeah, this is, oh yeah, this is way before. So was this the PSP uh, story? I don't know if you ever played that game. I did not play the PSP. Because that takes place before one. So I'm wondering if that's in this story as well. Maybe. I okay. feel like though Nathan Drake is like into his late twenties yeah. okay. in the games too. Okay. So so essentially this is gonna be which I applaud them. It's really tricky with well it's it's tricky with video game movies because in one sense we wanna see essentially the game in a movie. Yeah. Because you got movies like Assassin's Creed where it's like, why didn't you just make a movie about Ezio, the most charismatic character in video games? He even won an award for, like, best video game character. Mm. And you chose to make some other weird assassin. I didn't finish that movie, but it was not at... Not good. (laughs) I fell asleep in that movie. I remember watching on a plane. I was like... I did the same thing, <laughs> and I was like, thank God I didn't need drugs. I just needed this movie. Perfect. So, yeah, I think it's tricky because I, I highly recommend watching the video by uh, Marcus, uh, Cosmonaut Variety Hour. He does a really great video, which I agree with, on why video game movies don't work and why what would actually work would be a video game miniseries, a Netflix shorter series on Netflix. You cannot tell a 60 or 30-plus hour game in a two-hour movie. I played Assassin's Creed. I'm not like some in-depth player of the game, but I love the con, the, the idea and, and, mm-hmm. and the whole thing. As a series, you do like 30, basically the Mandalorian. Mm. Dude, I think that would be awesome. Seri- I think I think short miniseries, and he even referenced, like, it's so funny, that video, that video of his makes me laugh so hard because I'll tweet this video from the Hit Points link. Uh, and maybe he'll be like, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but he even talks about Bioshock in his video and says yeah. Bioshock would be great as That'd a great. miniseries. Yeah. Well, I think, like, the concept of a video game, it's long-form storytelling. It's yeah. not You're not playing a game for two hours. You're playing a game for days, months, or weeks, months, like, and you're going back and you're re-exploring all that. To me, that's, like, that is an episodic format. And every time I see that, like, a news or a trailer, even, okay, even the Sonic movie, but, like, it's not very much like an adaptation of the game. It's 
there are elements of the game in the movie, but I can't imagine how much of it is going to yeah. deal I with that sort of stuff. I will say Detective Pikachu worked from a story perspective because that game to begin with was a visual puzzle-solving kind of Professor Layton novel. Yeah. And it was it was essentially a film. But Pokemon is also like a universe outside of video games. Is it what does Uncharted have outside of the games? Uncharted just the games. Yeah, right. Games. That's what I mean. So yeah. it's like I think it has I think Pokemon is like one of those rare things where it has a lot of like flexibility because it's done animated movies, TV shows, all that sort of stuff. Whereas like Uncharted, it's just a game series. That's why I'm that's why I'm so excited about The Witcher, which also which, yeah, got just got confirmed oh, for season two. Yeah. Even though it is based off of the books. Yeah. Not just the game. But hopefully with the success of this mini series or this series and people saying that not doors. only from the books but also oh video games yeah. it will open up a win- it will open up a door i actually would be so down to pitch a bioshock like that's the rise of rapture BioShock, yeah. a rise of rapture cuz that's on, that's a book the rise of I rapture need to, I need which to read is that really book. good yeah uh so yeah no to mark Wahlberg. no to mark Wahlberg. <laughs> That is a nay. I mean, I like Mark Wahlberg, but I don't know enough about the character to know like whether or not it fits. But if the other, if the other actors in in uh, in contention for the role include people like Brian Cranston, I don't. I look at Brian Cranston, I look at Mark Wahlberg, and I go, "What? They're not the same type of actor. Yeah. They're yeah. different. Brian Cranston all the way. Mark Wahlberg out. All right, next. Go lift some weights, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Also, Sully has a mustache. I don't know if I want to see so Mark just cast Tom Hanks. a mustache. That's what I keep thinking. Tom Hanks was that. What's that movie? He was Sully. Like? Yeah, exactly. I keep thinking <laughs> of that. He's a little too old. <laughs> How dare you? There's some Tom good Hanks is immortal. So we can make his face good. Emily. We can rebuild him. Get yeah. out of my house. <laughs> we, we can make him younger looking. We can rebuild him in CG. <laughs> that man is legendary. I love him. That man is Walt Disney. Exactly. Enough about... Tom Men. Hanks. Uh, Men? <laughs> Sully okay. actors. Let's move on to something that actually just happened earlier today. So this was actually really big news. Google, the, the team behind Google Stadia hosted an Ask Me Anything in AMA on Reddit about their about their service and their what Google Stadia is all about because they're launching on November 19th. Oh, I thought it already came out. No. Uh, so, but unfortunately, this AMA revealed that a lot of the features that they promised will not be launching with launch day. That's like saying the Mandalorian's not going to launch with Disney Plus. People would be like, how dare you? So basically what they said, I'm reading, I'm quoting this from a Polygon article, at launch players will not have access to the achievement system, though achievements will be saved and recognized when the system launches shortly after Stadia's release date. Nor will Stadia support family sharing. They also will not support Chromecast Ultra devices that didn't come with the Stadia bundle at launch. Only the ones with the streaming platforms ships with. It's it's weird that when is this coming out again? In a week. So it's it's weird that they're releasing this in a really busy time for video games. Mm-hmm. They should have just delayed this whole service till sometime next year if they couldn't bring out all the, the uh, features in. So they said that Google said its approach with Stadia's launch is like how it does updates for Google Search, YouTube, and other services. A gradual rollout and continuous improvement based on user feedback. Hmm. Hmm. Will Google Stadia be the Apple TV Plus <laughs> of video game launches? Guys, I didn't even know the Apple TV, Apple Plus, whatever it's called, Apple TV Plus was launching yeah. before Disney Plus. 
<laughs> and it just kind of like it's like a turd in the wind. People <laughs> are not talking about it that much. And like Google Stadia, I, okay, granted I don't follow it, but like I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Everything, all the, most of the people that I follow, they all are into video games. Yeah. So, like, I've not seen anyone talking about I this. I think it's tricky. Well, everyone was talking a lot about it at E3 because yeah. the E3 was making a lot but of that waves. that was in May. June. 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 Yeah. It's it's weird for this because even if – even it's weird time for to launch this in general because either you launch it now or you launch it next year when the two big consoles are about to put their new consoles out. And it's just no point. This, this service is most likely going to fail, honestly. Which sucks. Yeah, it, it sucks because uh, I think streaming is becoming or has become the big thing for pushing out uh, game content. Yeah, but I not I feel bad for this service where it's it's in a weird predicament right now. Well, so I think too. You look at essentially the video games industry. It's an industry where people are constantly upset yeah. if you do not give them what you promise at launch. Yeah. Look at Battlefront 2. Let yeah. us not forget. And essentially, and same with, as we were speaking about it earlier, Mass Effect Andromeda. Andromeda had a similar, uh, a, a vaguely similar issue where there were some graphical problems wrong with the game. And essentially, they released the patch that, quote unquote, fixed the game and <laughs> created it, made it polished. <laughs> It it fixed oh, it, 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 it fixed the animations, okay. but it was a week after the launch of the game, yeah. and that kind of left a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So I think it's tricky that they're doing this while it is a Google practice with YouTube and Google search and whatnot. I don't know if it's necessarily the best pr uh, process, especially. I mean, YouTube's also having a whole list of problems right now, so who knows if they've already been busy with YouTube? <laughs> oh gosh, with copyright and user agreements oh, and yeah. all this craziness. You, YouTube is a slow burning trash I'm fire. Dying inside. I Godspeed all of our friends <laughs> who make YouTube content and those of us that want to now get into making YouTube content because it's been a gosh darn year, Emily. Um, but, well, yeah. Well, then again, if you look at, say, when consoles first launched, they don't usually have their features, all their features that they promise. Uh, well, big features they usually have, but they eventually patch <laughs> in, like, uh, other more features the as the years go on. So there's still a chance for this to work, but it's very... I think, especially, I think, I mean, it was ballsy of them to do, I feel like, well, I f who knows, maybe they were just in a, a rock and a hard place, and they yeah. said, look, we can either launch and not tell anyone that they're not getting half of the things we promised them and see what the audience has to say, or we can sit, we can do an AMA and just say, this is what you're getting, this is what we're working on, and that will be released slowly. I don't think there's a way to, I don't know if it was down to crunch time, I don't know if this was their plan all along, and suddenly mm -hmm. they realized that maybe this wasn't necessarily a good business plan. Uh, who knows, but, I mean... I mean, it's it's tough. Like, as a consumer, I would hope that the company putting out the product <coughs> would be as transparent as they could be, because if you tell me ahead of time, and I'm not, I don't mean days, I mean, like, weeks or months, if you're looking at your timeline of when this thing is supposed to launch and you're looking, you're going, we're not going to meet these deadlines. I would hope that a company would just come out and say like, we've assessed, we've looked at everything, our timeline, instead of delaying the whole thing, we still want to give people something, but it may not have some of the things that we promised at launch, but we will do our best to implement them as quickly as we can, given that they are ready to go. Th if a company did that, I'd be like, okay, well, yeah, I'm a little disappointed that I'm not getting the thing that I think you promised at launch. But the fact that you 
came out and you you try to get ahead of it yeah. and 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 inform us that like great you're still gonna give us these things it's just gonna take a little longer to get there I'm more accepting of that yeah, that's what uh, games or companies like Rockstar do with like GTA and uh, Red Dead Redemption they yeah. don't launch the multiplayer port or part of it until like maybe weeks later after the game is launched so and and people are understanding about it because yeah. it's a totally different type of game that they have to prepare even more for so I I am. I'm fine with them doing an AMA to tell the the consumers out right now, this is what you're getting right now. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you'll get these uh, uh, options later on. So it, My it issue is that it's a week before. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's – uh, Not my issue, but, yeah. like, yeah. I think the problem is it's a week before. Yeah. You should have done this, like, six to eight weeks ago. Right, yeah. Well, th- within game development, it <laughs> it's tricky because things happen <laughs> – Last minute. Yeah. yeah. Within milestones that they have to come and produce certain content. And then when you when you hit with something unexpected, they're like, yeah. oh, okay, we got to take a step back and reassess everything. So it, it's it, it's probably more stuff that's happened behind sure. the scenes that uh, made this all happen in the, in the forefront. Is, is, is the video games industry like film in that they will plant flags for when they want their games to come out and they feel very beholden to those dates? Yeah, yes and no. They're getting a little bit better, I feel like. Mm-hmm. We have games like Animal Crossing, supposed to come out this year. They pushed it to spring of next year. Where they basically said, we want this to be a polished game, and we don't want to put our employees in crunch. That's been the big thing that's happened yes. in the past two years, is people have realized, oh, when a game maybe isn't in the right production state, but they a company and investors, investors especially, are so key about hitting that launch date that is when you have uh, employees getting put into over non-paid overtime, having to get into these horrible, like stressful mental places, and being worked really tirelessly to finish a game to make a deadline. Yeah, uh, like say for example, Last of Us Two, how they had to. I th- I think what happened with that. I know we're jumping st- uh, subjects, but with Last Last of Us Two, for example, uh, they released. They told us the new release date after uh, announcing their original release date a couple weeks before. I think that event they did, after people saw what they were getting and they got some feedback, they needed to reassess and, you know, push the uh, date even further. So, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. But, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. I completely lost my thought of We were talking about uh, companies do, Adam asked the question, in the video games industry, are game companies really s- really strict about meeting dates that they set oh, for themselves, yeah. or will they push them? Yeah, they they do put like flag po- flag points or just dates originally as a uh, a way to uh, manage their time with mm. uh, really reaching a certain milestone. Yeah. But like I said, things happen at certain points that could be unexpected, and they have to just reassess. And sure. it's it's not set in stone date usually mm-hmm. so like it's not like marvel where they're like in five years you're gonna have black panther yeah and then <laughs> a year before they move it you know six months later and you're like you promised this to me in november and now oh. it's coming out in february disney okay. disney is infamous about announcing projects and then canceling them like I we know, were supposed to course. get a gigant the gigantic the jack and the beanstalk movie yeah, yeah. never happening at what least for we, we know what's, what's like the pro- was it a movie? it never came out no i don't I think so they announced it a lot of different times yeah. at a bunch of different D23s. Okay. Is there – so traditionally, and it, that it, it's been changing drastically over the last, like, 10 years. We don't really have, like, a summer movie season anymore. It's year-round. Yeah. But is there still, like, a prime time sort of, like, release 
this October. It's the fall. It's the fall. It's the fall, okay. which is okay. weird. Usually have it's usually it's usually spring and fall. Yeah, gotcha. summer it's summer's it's kind of lax. It's weird well, that it won't launch in the summer though. When but is it weird out. though? Because especially if new consoles come out, don't they want to launch those consoles as close to the holiday season? They do. They do. Yeah, they so launch like them around November. Yeah, like if Sony's consoles supposed to come out. To me, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, video games can be measured in quarters, mm-hmm. and so sure. you have you usually have a spike of releases at the end of each quarter. Yeah, gotcha. like we. At October was the end of actually no October was the beginning of quarter four, and we actually had a mm-hmm. really that was actually our highest release month of the fall. Yep. And November's kind of November's a good um, l- good month, and then December's kind of low. But last year's November was through the like two. We'll never have a gaming year like 2018, and in another 10 years. But well, the last one was the four was 2011 with Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. It was really really big. Yeah. So it's it kind of depends. Like you definitely like next May may actually be the biggest re- or next spring may actually be one of the biggest release quarters because not only are we getting The Last of Us Part Two, we're also getting Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and mm. we're getting Animal Crossing. So you have three really big companies releasing three of their most anticipated games in I think within two months of each other. You think Cyberpunk would get delayed? I don't think so. I, I think don't think so either. But I, I can see it happening same time. I could see it happening. It seems from what they've posted so far, it Looks seems that, it seems that they're <laughs> in a good place. I would not be surprised if it doesn't go gold, if we don't get an announcement of it going gold, which is basically like the game is done. Yeah. We are finished with it. It It is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, in February. Yeah. I can expect that. So yeah, let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be in, are you interested in the Stadia? Uh, what are your thoughts about streaming games versus owning them uh, in your home? Just don't ask Hector or I. <laughs> We'd love <laughs> to know. And you can tell us at hitpointspod on Twitter, or you can email us at hitpointspodcast at gmail.com. So let's go ahead and jump into today's main topic. Adam teased a bit a little bit earlier in the episode. With the release of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, headlined by Respawn and EA, this Friday we are less than essentially 24 hours away from a release because <laughs> us here on the us here on West Coast Best Coast get our games at 9 p.m. Well, there goes all your viewers because you just pissed off everyone. <laughs> 9 p.m. Uh, but this is only works if you really if you either pre-order it yeah. at GameStop or you have downloaded it onto your console. Other, because uh, uh, a friend of ours was tweeting at me earlier today and said, "What? You get your game at 9 p.m.? Who lives in LA with us? And Best Buy does not let you go and pick it up. Uh, those and think until midnight. They they were they they adhere to midnight. They adhere to midnight. Never oh. buying anything at Best Buy ever again. <laughs> so with the release of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, perhaps the Star Wars game to redeem Star Wars games, we thought we would talk." about the history and just all the Star Wars games we've played mm-hmm. and maybe a little something extra. Perhaps we get into the creator's studio. We go to Skywalker's. We go to Skywalker Ranch, and we say, how would you make a Star Wars game? But first, before we get to the creative zone, let's talk about our the Star Wars games we've played. Adam. You want me to start? Yeah, you're our special guest. Because I'm old. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You're it's so old. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make our guests speak last because I disrespect your time. No, I'm, so <laughs> my, I'm pretty sure I didn't play Star, a Star Wars game before I owned the first PlayStation. We had an Atari. We had a Nintendo. I don't think there was a Star Wars game on Nintendo. I think SNES maybe. I don't really remember. Um. The very, but the very first Star Wars game I owned uh, for PS for PlayStation One was Star Wars Masters of Terakazi. 
which was oh, kind of like a it was a fighting game. It was okay. kind of like a Street Fighter or a Tekken, yeah. where it's like you're playing um, as different characters from the Star Wars universe, and you can either play you versus the computer or you c- or multiplayer. Mm. And if you played as let's say Luke Skywalker, and you complete the game, you would then unlock new characters. So if you played as Luke, you unlock Vader. If you play as Boba Fett, you unlock Jodo Cast. If you play as Leia, you un uh, you unlock Bosk. There was like I don't know I think almost every single character would unlock somebody new. Um, so I loved playing that game. Um, they had Tusken Raiders and all kinds of different uh, characters and locations and stuff. So like I really loved playing that game, and that was right when the special edition came out. So my Star Wars. Uh, excitement was like through the roof mm. it's the hard drive um sorry there's just a bunch of things happening in this house <laughs> um so so star wars masters of terakazi was the first one that like uh, my f- first star wars gaming experience and then it, it just kind of like snowballed and when episode one was coming out uh, i think we we're talking about this before i was playing tie fighter on pc and mm-hmm. x-wing mm-hmm. i think it was i think it's x-wing fighter and tie fighter yeah it was x-wing fighter games. and tie fighter yeah and then um I think it was Jedi Outcast was for the PC. I don't remember exactly, but, like, you got to play as a Jedi, and they had all these, like, really fun force powers where you could jump up to different levels, and you had a lightsaber. You could have a blaster and thermal detonator. So I really, between, like, 96, 97, all the way into, like, 2000, for those, like, three, four years, I played probably the most Star Wars games I've ever played. And it was cool because it was going from platform to platform because I was also going to friends' houses, playing N64, Rogue Squadron, um, then the Phantom Menace game on the PC, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, those graphics which, are terrible. The Phantom Menace. It was the actual, like, movie game. You got to play... You play as Obi-Wan. Yeah, you play as Obi-Wan. Was it a two-player game, too? I don't remember. There's multiple games that took place in that... Because I remember... Movie. You might be thinking of Jedi Power Battles. I remember seeing a friend playing the Phantom Menace, because yeah. especially because of the final level with Darth Maul yeah. versus Qui Gon, you had to do th- all these crazy. You had to, it, it was, was a crazy nuts. platformer. It became a yeah. crazy platforming level. It was it was kind of crazy. And now that I'm thinking about like how wonky the controls are, but it was fun. I still remember all the sound effects of all the battle droids and the lightsaber stuff. Um, but I think like '97 to 2000, 2001 was like a really fun era for Star Wars games because. Everyone was riding the high of the Phantom Menace, and regardless of what people thought about the movie, Jedi Power Battles was awesome. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, Jedi Power so It was really, uh, really good. Oh, <laughs> now you got, uh, got excited. Leave it out. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to interrupt Do you, you remember the long. trailer for yeah. Jedi Power Battles? Yeah, I love that It had that Duel game. of the Fates. There's like a shot of Obi-Wan's lightsaber sp- spinning in midair, and he catches it, and he's like cutting up battle droid. It was so sick. So good. It was so cool. You had like Adigalia, mm-hmm. Mace Windu, Ki-Adi-Mundi, Plo Koon, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan. Uh. It, it was like kind of sort of top-down. Yeah. But uh, you, you could play with another person. Yeah. So you, can, you could be Qui-Gon, and you play o- with Obi-Wan, yeah. and you just just play the whole game together. Yeah, you just ba- awesome. bas- yeah it's like episode one locations, mm-hmm. but you're playing as like any of the like four or five, six Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I think this in term did I think you this boon that you're talking about yeah. 
does happen in part because not only is this this new here's a new Star Wars game. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You also have Lucas Arts. Totally. Yeah. Lucas Arts is a game. They're a stuff. game developer. Yeah. Yeah. They have just come out with the Secrets of Monkey Island, mm-hmm. amazingly successful game. Grim Fandango, I think, is being released at this time too. Maybe a little later. Before. But a little before. I think. Once again, another amazing game. Yeah. They are a re- they are, have become a video game powerhouse. Yeah. And so, of course, when you have you not only have properties being released in your name, film properties, you also have a, vi- a developer in your name, of course they're going to be yeah. in charge of the, your games. Yeah. So I, I have a list in front of me. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but these were actually... Where did you find this list? Uh, I just Googled it. I just Googled every Star Wars game. <laughs> Thank you, Google. I know. It's, it's so hard. Honestly, it is so hard to find a list of all of them. Well, yeah. not only is it Wikipedia hard organizes it horribly. Well, not only <laughs> is it hard to find a list of all of them, it's also hard to find a list of all of them in the order in which they were released. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. list is all over the place, and I'm like, just give me a list in the order they came out. It was Star Wars Dark Forces mm. from 1995, um, and the other one was Star Wars Jedi Knight from 97 and TIE Fighter from 94. Um, so, uh, yeah, and even looking at this list, like, there's a lot of games that came out between, like, 95 and 2001, 2002. Uh, the other one that I completely forgot about that I actually loved more than the Phantom Menace video game was Racer. The pod racer so video six, game. Was it N64? They had Star on Wars N64. Episode uh, 1 Racers. Yes, yeah. Race, yeah, Episode 1 Racer. They had on X- N64, but I had it on PC. Okay. Um, and I think Dave & Buster's actually still has it. Really? With the pod. <laughs> Our, so in, in Houston, we have, I don't know if they have them out here in California, yeah. but essentially we have Dave & Buster-like entertainment sister entertainment centers called mm-hmm. Main Event, mm-hmm. where it's bowling, it's laser tag, and it's There's an arcade. Uh, there is one here, but it's minus laser tag. Okay. It's called Main Event. They have the pod racer. They have the arcade pod yeah. racer there. Mm. My best friend Nally and I did it like two years ago. I climbed yeah. in that thing, and I was like, yes. Yeah, I'm a big boy. I haven't fit in those <laughs> since I was 11. So It is exhilarating. Yeah. That game holds oh, up. Yeah. The other one that I forgot about that I can't believe I forgot about because we just played at Dave & Buster's when we went for your birthday is Star Wars Trilogy. One? That's right. I freaking loved that game. That, that game, game broke with you in it. We did. When <laughs> well, I used to the blue screen of death <laughs> in this pod. <laughs> when I used to go to Boomers, which used to be called Family Fun Center back in the day, it was Star Wars Trilogy. Uh-huh. You would sit in like a booth. It had, it had a controller, and it had uh, about three or four levels. It And it basically went, it was basically the original trilogy game. So you would do Battle of Yavin. It was Death Star 1. You would destroy the Death Star. You would then move on to the Ice Battle on Hoth. You would uh, fly a Snowspeeder, and you'd have to, like, chain up the Imperial Walkers. Once you beat that, you then got to go through the Rebel base and shoot all the Stormtroopers Mm -hmm. to escape through the Millennium Falcon. Um, After that, you would do Battle of Death Star 2, Battle of Endor. And in between that, you had levels where you would fight Boba Fett and Darth Vader, and you had a lightsaber. And you would have to, like, deflect and stuff. That actually, that might have come before Masters of Terrakazi. But I'm not 100% sure. But that was my jam. I loved that. <laughs> and now they remastered it. Mm-hmm. And the one that you and I played, it's they now... Full, it's, it's like, like, now like, a a a like in a sphere, basically. Yeah. You're like That's what that is. Yep. Okay, I've, never, I've seen that, but I've never played and, it. And because I'm like, I'm a big boy, I went in there, and <laughs> it was raining, so I had like my boots on, and I accidentally kicked the computer, <laughs> and it blew screened, and I was like... I have footage of Adam sitting there turning and looking at me, and it's a blue screen of death yeah. behind him in the Star Wars but game. But that is extremely <laughs> fun. And now that they've kind of remastered it, you're kind of fully immersed by the screen, 
It's such a fun game. It's I good. Love it's it. really fun and immersive. It's a little difficult because all of a sudden things are happening on either side of you, it and is. it's a little disorienting because yeah. then you're like, uh. And the original <laughs> one wasn't like that. It was just like yeah. a screen in front of you. But yeah, that one is. I love playing those lightsaber levels against Boba Fett and Vader. Uh, I've been wanting to make like a live action reenactment of those things for years. We're gonna get to that later. Naeem. Sorry. Star um, Wars games. No, it's good. Hold on to that no, thought. No, it's great. Uh, <laughs> Jedi oh, Battles right. is one of my favorites, like you said, Adam. Yeah. Another one which I didn't get to play as much, but I would love to get back to playing one day. Uh, is this? It was a game called Republic Commando or Commando. Uh, it, it was a game that took place during the Clone Wars, where you yeah, you, I remember uh, played in a squad of uh, of stormtroopers during the Clone Wars, and it was from what I've watched on footage of like YouTube and whatnot, it looked really cool. It, it, was, it was like an FPS shooter that you play during that time, and I wanted to just play more of that. Uh, another one would be, of course, uh, uh, Bioware made it. Uh, I'm losing my mind. Uh, Knights of the Old Knights Republic. 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 KOTOR. KOTOR. Uh, that's <laughs> what pretty much jump-started that whole big trend of RPGs, uh, story-driven RPGs uh, that Bioware created, which eventually led to, you know, Dragon Age of Whatever, blah blah, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I love that series as well. I still own the Xbox versions of them, and I would love to play them again. I don't think they will remaster them, but you know. I also uh, forgot of Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, I never played that. Um, another one that I didn't get to play as much, but I've heard mixed things about would be the uh, you said it earlier that came out on 360, the uh, Apprentice of Vader. Oh, the Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed, which oh, yeah. I've heard mixed things about, but uh, I I personally liked the first one a lot. Mm. I played two, but I I wasn't I wasn't as like pulled in by it like I was the first one. Mm. They tried to do a lot of stuff of like tying characters together, and I'm not usually if like I don't like those sort of things. I don't feel like everyone needs to be connected to another character. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. Uh. Another series that I loved on a PS2 was. The Battlefront series before it was on a uh, right. PS4 and all the that. They were really good. I had those on GameCube. Oh, uh, they ain't on GameCube. I thought it was PS2 and Xbox. I don't know it was GameCube. I know it was PC as well. Maybe it was PS2 because we had a PS2 and a GameCube. Mm. And remember, I have such vivid memories of my brother and I playing. Yeah. Because we would always do. We'd always fight either against each other. We'd always do like the multiplayer. Yeah. We either we'd always fight either with each other. We'd be on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> or be against each other, yeah. and it would always be like the OP Sith team yeah. or the OP Jedi team. Dude, That's so all fun. we did, and you just kept high jumping. Yeah. We just kind of kept force it's jumping so across each other, and we always fought on uh, on Tatooine. I always fought on Endor. We always fought on Tatooine. Um, <laughs> That's I think all we did in that game. I don't even know what the rest of that game was. <laughs> I think the second one was when. Number two, like that was with the two we always played too. There was like seamless, no transition whatsoever, just seamless. Where where you're, uh, I believe you're on the ground and you could fly up to a space station and and land up there. And I think it was two, but I remember going. No, it was in the space. It was like a space battle, or whatever. You're in a ship flying in space, and you actually flying into a. Um, a hangar? A hangar and fight in there, get out and fight in there. It was so dope. I don't remember that I one. I always remember that. fighting on Tatooine and like hiding in places. <laughs> hiding, <laughs> hiding in the t hiding in the town. 
and yeah. Moss Eisley and being like, and <laughs> I think I think that was the first game series. That, that was the music that played too. Yeah, and it did. It did. You're like uh, screaming. They have like these two like kids <laughs> just like, where are you? And I'm running around as Darth Sidious, and my yeah. brother's running around as Yoda, just like up in the air because <laughs> he has a small little hitbox. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that was the first series that, for me, uh, jumped. Uh, propel myself to playing online because it was I think back then it was like dial up you could plug into the back of your PS2 uh, lens. And, uh, yeah, Welcome. And, and you've got mail yeah it was weird because at times the internet wasn't that good like it is nowadays yeah. but uh, <laughs> you'll see people jumping around because <laughs> of the connection if you have bad connection <laughs> but uh, yeah it was a lot of fun especially playing with my little sister so yeah I have more but I gotta think of the other names but till then you can go yes well uh, you mentioned them earlier uh, we played, I remember my, I think my first experience with Star Wars gaming was the X-Wing in the TIE Fighter series, because mm. my father's a pilot, uh, he worked at a air, he worked at a small airport for the a while, you know. and he became, he got a pilot's license, and so we had a joystick, like a full-on joystick, uh, US, or like, attachment to our Windows 98, and we used that to play, we had flight simulators, we had NHL 98, and that's what you used to play NHL 98, and it was... It was good because you could control the players and you use the toggle, you use the trigger mm. to like switch player, or you use the trigger to also to hit and s- smack the puck. But yeah, we used this. We used. We need to go to a hockey game. I've already <laughs> been to one. Uh, we've. I we used that. We used the joystick for the X Wing and the Tie Fighter game. So yeah, I have such vivid memories fun. of using that for that game, which is really really special. I'm r- I'm recalling. Um, like I said, Battlefront, Battlefront Two. On those, like, yeah, those PS2. I can't remember if it was GameCube. or We definitely had a PS2 and a GameCube. Uh, but, yeah, playing that with my brother, such vivid. That and, like, Nightfire were the two games we always played together as kids and SSX Turkey. Mm-hmm. So I have such fond memories of that game, which is why Battle the recent Battlefront and Battlefront 2, I think, were so saddening to me because I had such fond memories of them growing up that these new ones, especially just kind of, like, in their, in their, in their, in their lacklusterness did not impress me. Perhaps nostalgia, perhaps mm-hmm. game design. I mean, the multiplayer was fun. Multiplayer was good. I don't know what was missing for me. I liked Battlefront. You yeah. know, f- for me, and again, I reiterate this every time I try to make a point because I realize I'm in the minority because I'm a dinosaur. Shoes. Playing Battlefront was really fun, just doing kind of like the practice stuff. When you would go online, if I felt like the ticket t- to entry was like, you have to be a level 10 player. Oh yes, they. Well, EA is notorious for introducing like uh, loot boxes or whatever. They, the yeah, they introduce loot boxes, and the loot boxes they give you. Well, plus you have Battlefront having a whole issue where it's like, you want Darth Vader? You're gonna have to pay us either two hundred dollars or spend like five hundred hours playing this yeah, game. Yeah, that was a huge problem when they they released that system. And I think yeah, it's tricky because you have multiplayer games where it's as with, with Overwatch. They do a good job of balancing level design and or balancing level team makeups in that your team usually, unless you're playing with like a bunch of your friends mm-hmm. and you're always on the same team, if you just play solo randomly, Overwatch's matchup system does a pretty good job of match in making equal teams mm-hmm. depending on player skill and mm-hmm. level. But I think you're right. Sometimes if a multiplayer game does not think about that, it'll just throw you into the to the oh, fire. It with would like throw me into the the pits of Mustafar, and <laughs> I, I would like, I'd be running around the field for literally three minutes, and I'd be like m- massacred, <laughs> and it just kind of discouraged me from playing, which sucks because like I didn't want that, so I would just kind of play 
by myself in the practice rounds or just, you know, just doing my own thing. So, so I want to talk about three more Star Wars games really quick. Sick. First one. Actually, it's more of a collection. The Lego Star Wars games. These are amazing. It kickstarted the Lego series because yeah. I remember when the original Lego Star Wars game came out, it was mind blowing. You're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I get to not only do all these characters have their own kind of special abilities, mm. but I get to build things as a Lego. This is great with my force powers. Sick. Yeah. And you could unlock the different people, and you could unlock different characters. I'll never forget, like the coolest noise was the you'd, you'd unlocking noise you'd hear whenever you unlocked a new Lego character. You could <laughs> run around as, and I always wanted to play as all the Padme's. Uh, <laughs> so that was, that's really great. I think they've released like all the games now in a collector's, like I think, so. I think they've released all Star Wars Lego games together yeah. in a collection. Uh, also, <laughs> I don't know if anyone here played it besides me. The oh God, here we go. Star Wars Connect. Oh. oh. No. I Surprise you the there. So I the when list. I worked at GameStop. Oh, I can make college. Han Solo dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, we had like a setup of an Xbox even and Connect setup of people could just walk up and play it. So I've, I've, had fond memories of watching people just embarrass themselves mm. playing <laughs> this game. So I've never played it myself. The lightsaber tracking was not super good. Yeah. It kind of, it was, it's a little, it needed a little bit more time. Yeah, it needed a little, a little bit a little more time. before it's uh, Beat Saber time. Exactly. Well, now we have games, like, I really want to try them out. The Vader VR experience. Mm, I've heard Vader nothing Mortal. but really, really heard good things really about good Vader Immortal. Yeah. I'd be down to give it a shot because that, to me, is is kind of what the Star Wars Connect was trying to do. Mm. And that giving you, the, I think everyone, everybody just wants to wield a lightsaber in a video game. That's, mm. uh, that's a dream. I mean, that's the dream. That's still my dream. And I think that's what the VR, what VR is good for. Yeah. My final game. Okay. <laughs> it took a long, it took a lot of searching because this game was under a very obscure oh, title. I'm just so excited. <laughs> my brother was born in 1995. I was born in 1993. Phantom Menace came out in 1999. I'm six years old, six or seven. My brother is five, four or five. Mm. And of course... We got Star Wars Jar Jar's Journey, which is like the jumpstart children's Star Wars game. And this thing was so much fun. I adore this game. It's from Lucas Learning, which was, it's, this is, I'm going to do an episode about this in the future. Mm. We've lost edutainment games. Edutainment games were so big in the 90s. Oh like jumpstart. That's, that's all that you would find jump in the start, Apple Store. Yeah. Math Blasters. Reader Rabbit. Reader Rabbit. Oh, Math Blasters. Everything. Yeah, Math Blasters Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. There were all these amazing. watch it on Netflix. The <laughs> Oregon Trail. There was a whole there was a whole industry yeah. for, yeah. and that's how I got into gaming because my parents, my parents yeah, saw the oh, this game, this thing will teach you on the computer. Yes, go ahead. Which to me is kind of crazy because computer technology has advanced so much. All of those things you just listed could be exponentially better now. Yeah. Well, you can find a lot of them on iPads, but now it's. I sure. think it's so interesting too that a lot of parents are like, oh, I don't want my kids using the iPad. Whereas a child, there's a photo of me like not even four years old sitting in front of a PC mm -hmm. because my parents were like, yes, go play reader, go play but these I, edutainment but games. But I think part of the difference is also is like, as technology has advanced, computers have become sort of like, your access to the world has become easier. Yeah. So I think parents are kind of afraid of what their kids might find. That's, That's true. true. Back that then is it was true. Like you put in a disc. Yeah, and you, you can only the do the disc or yeah. else you're going to play like Ski Free or Snake yeah. or yeah. Mind Something. Yeah, well, Man, those Minesweeper. Those were great though. But yeah, Star Wars, so Star Wars, uh, Wars. <laughs> Journey adventure book is essentially a novel from Jar Jar's perspective of the events of episode one. Uh, <laughs> and Lord. it's an adventure book that children read along with Jar Jar, Queen Amidala, Anakin Skywalker, Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, and it's very fun. It has none of the... 
It's designated for ages four and up, probably from ages four to ten. Uh, it has it has no yeah. There's just I don't think it has any of the original voice actors, but that game was just a hoot. It just was to me. That's my childhood. Is that game? That's why I think I love the Phantom Menace so much too. Is because I had so many games around the Phantom Menace that I remember growing up, and so. That game was, I love it. It's a gem. <laughs> I don't think anyone will ever talk about it. I want to find a version of it now. I want to find a port. Can't you, can't you find all these, pe- like, I'm these PC sure. games? Like <laughs> you can. I found, like I found my favorite, something. my favorite version of the Oregon Trail is Oregon Trail version 5. It's a very specific version, and I found it on bigfishgames.com, and I bought it, and I downloaded it on my work computer. <laughs> of course you did. Because that's, p- that's the only PC I have. I yeah. have a Mac. <laughs> Can't get on Mac. <laughs> um, so yes, to our final segment, have to be really quick. Lightning round. You kind of mm-hmm. talked about it, talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. Adam. You could create any. I know this is a big question to be lightning round on. Oh no, this oh. is easy. You could create any Star Wars game in any time period with on any system platform, whatever. What would you create? I would call it Star Wars Universe, and it would literally start from the beginning of the Star Wars timeline, and you would basically just play through every level and just play literally through the chronology of the Star Wars universe as different characters. You could, or you could play as... I, I think, like, what would be fun if you start in the old era of, like, when the Jedi first formed or when the Old Republic first formed. You go through that whole Old Republic war when and you could play as a certain character, and as you advance through time, you could, like, jump over and be Yoda, like, maybe a young Yoda. But I think the, the point of the game would be is that, like, it would kind of be never-ending, and you would... I, I think as a, I, I think it would be a hard game to make because as a company who's making this thing, you would have to make... I don't know, like a huge chunk of the timeline to be accessible when the game launches. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have to spend the rest of that time developing the next timeline and the next timeline. So you would kind of always be advancing to whatever like the next story is. And eventually you would get to the era of like the Skywalker saga. So would it be like an MMO? M- uh, multiplayer online game like I wow, mean, so it could be. Because I could see it whereas if they're releasing it in certain brackets of yeah. know, this world this world for a while and then you're playing it for a while and then they eventually in a, as an expansion release that next world and yeah. moving on to the next world similar to WoW mm-hmm. World of Warcraft with their uh, their game as you advance in character and the story develops i could see that that would be pretty cool it's very It'd be hard to do. It'd be like a game that you would spend like 15 years working on probably because it would take forever to to get through the whole chronology. Right. But like as someone who just wants to be in like different parts of the lore and play different eras, Mm. I don't necessarily want to have to like always put in – I don't necessarily always want to play new or different games. I just want like one company to sit down and be like, we just want to make a Star Wars universe game. And it would start all the way back in like the formation of the Jedi Mm. and it would go all the way until – Episode nine. Yeah, yeah, I I dig it, but if it's a hard game they'll do, I don't know if they'll ever do it. Which probably it's not. Unfortunate, but I would have to fund it. I don't, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I don't know if it's your turn. Okay. Um. Well, it's not really me pitching a game. I I just would love that Star Wars thirteen thirteen would have been released. Uh, rest in peace. Um. All and right what P. that would have been is a uh, a game that takes place uh you you control a young um, bounty hunter uh, Je- uh Boba Fett and you go through the story of him and uh we're kind of getting a- I don't know uh, spoilers ahead but with the Mandalorian uh show I don't know if that is that's not 
forward. No, right? no. Okay. but so that is a bounty hunter. Yeah, and so you're progressing through his sto- his or her story. His story, yeah. His story, uh, and seeing his adventure. And I would just love something similar to that with thirteen thirteen, but of course it got you know canceled. Yeah. But uh, R.I.P. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think something that yeah, something that like plays with these kind of. I think what's really fun about Star Wars is not only the characters, but, like, the jobs and the occupations and the mm-hmm. rogues and the scoundrels that occupy this. It's essentially these imperfect characters that yeah. occupy this universe that go through all these fantastical journeys. I agree. I think something like a Red Dead Redemption 2, almost kind of like Mandalorian or rogue family. Yeah. With like, that's traveling, kind of has an outer world's tra- planetary system. You travel through the galaxy, going to different planets, doing different things on different planets. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. So as a big narrative, st- as a big narrative gamer myself, just thinking like, okay, Bioshock, why is that my favorite game? Or like the narrative and the world building. I think something like a Rogue One game. I don't know if one came out. Essentially, something that was like Rogue One, or something that was a, a narr- an encapsulate, which I think we are getting with uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. I feel like it's a little bit bigger than what I'm talking about here. Is that a whole like made up story? Or is it? It technically takes place after Order sixty six. Yeah. Okay. When the Jedi so are on it's the run. it's becoming canon. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Be the action figures are being stole sold at, <laughs> at Disneyland. Okay. I believe it I've is canon. I purposely also like stayed away from reading any information about the plot. Yeah. I've seen some of the gameplay. I've seen the trailers. And that's yeah. kind of all I want to know. I kind of want to just explore the world in the game as, uh, what's his name? Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis. Mm. Um, the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron Monaghan. But I think for me, it would be taking. <coughs> taking a moment in Star Wars history, whether that is in Rebels, whether that is in the Clone Wars animated series, or some kind of some kind of story like Rogue One and putting it into a narrative based video g- like ma- building mm-hmm. a narrative based video game off of that. Just really like and it would be fun too. The I fall know of Palpatine. Well it's tricky because it's like there's so many places in Star Wars. I don't think I'd want to go to a I think in this game in Jedi Fallen Order, you're going to a bunch of different places, kind of traveling all around the galaxy because you're on your ship. I actually would challenge them to make a v- Star Wars video game where, like, you have three main locations and you you go within those locations because that's also kind of like the original films too. They're not. There's some films where they're kind of going everywhere, but there's other films where it's like these characters are solely here. Hope is literally Tatooine, the Death Star, and Yavin. Yeah, <laughs> it just here, here, here. Uh, and I think really delving into character, and especially like watching The Mandalorian. Oh my gosh, just sitting in the Star Wars world again. There's so many different aliens at this yeah. bar. There's so many different things going on. What is the what is the cost of the government? Like the government in Star Wars is always interesting because it affects everybody. I think really just taking a game and world building and world building and world building and just celebrating kind of the creative canvas that Star Wars can be in yeah. a game, like a narrative game too. I think these multiplayer games are really fun but from hearing our conversation I think we're all craving story. Yeah. And I think hopefully with the success of Star Wars, because they said they said it's an open series because it's, it's the Star Wars Jedi series. This first one is just called Fallen Order. Will we get Old Republic? Will we get something in the future or more in the past? We're just mm. going to have to wait and see based on the success of this game and what EA wants. Yeah. Bump it into my veins. <laughs> so thank you all so much for joining us. If you could design a Star Wars game, what would it be? Or tell us some about your favorite Star Wars game, either from your childhood or games that you like playing today, or even maybe a Star Wars game. We were talking about remasters earlier. What Star Wars game would you love to see remastered as well? We would love to hear from you. Please send us your thoughts at our Twitter at hit, at, at hit points pod and at our email at hitpointspodcast at gmail.com. We love reading your emails and talking about them on our show. So please feel free to send us your ideas and suggestions, and let's keep this conversation going. Right before 
before we go, thank you so much, Adam, for joining us today. Where can people find you? Um, very simply, just at Adam Lavic on all social media platforms and on Hyper RPG every single week. That is so easy. <laughs> Naeem, where can people find you? <laughs> find me on Twitter at Naeem D. Stewart, on Instagram at The Vicious Fool, and here on Hyper RPG every Thursday on Warhammer Show, on Friday on Troll Hunters. You can find us also doing Mass Effect podcasts. Mass Effect Adventum, every month, new episode, all major audio platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. I'm Emily Rose Jacobson. You can find me at frankly underscore Emily on Twitter and with an extra little underscore on Instagram. And I'm, I'm just, I'm doing y- what you do. <laughs> uh, I've got Hit Points Pod. And of course, Mass as Naeem already said, Mass Effect Adventum. Uh, listen if you if you want, if you're a Mass Effect fan, or if even if you're like, I don't really know Mass Effect. It's a really fun podcast. You'll I highly it. recommend it. We have people who, who don't even really un- know too much about Mass Effect but are loving it. So if you're just a gamer, it's just a bunch of passionate gamers all, all telling a story together. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so, so much. Please remember to review, give us a rating, and go play some video games. And until next week, we'll be back. <laughs> we will be back. We will be back. So until next I week. I won't. So until next week. <laughs> Play some video games. Play some video games, and don't forget to refill your hit points. Bye. Bye.